And good morning again. Thank you, Sue Ann. Good to see everybody out. Good to have you with us that's logging on to Facebook Live and those that will be on uh, YouTube later on this afternoon. Uh, good to have you with us as well. All right, let's see. Uh, Children's Church. Uh, anybody wants to go over for Children's Church? Uh, fifth grade and down. Twelve and under, I guess it is. All right. Good looking group. Now, Glenn, I think you're just a little too big for that. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. I won't argue that with you. All right, let's see. Hymn of Invitation we'll use this morning, 183, Wider Than Snow, if you want to go ahead and mark that uh, in your uh, hymnals. And certainly good to be here with you this morning. Good to have everybody again. If you're visiting, we want to welcome you and invite you to be back with us anytime you can. And it's always a privilege for me to share God's Word with you uh, as well. Of course, as we mentioned earlier, uh, in our prayer time and, and such, uh, we know that the president has uh, been diagnosed with, with the COVID-19 virus. Uh, several others close to him in the, around the White House as well. And, and I certainly hope that we are in prayer for him uh, as a nation, not only individuals and as a church, but uh, that they would have a speedy and complete recovery. But I don't know. It boggles my mind to read and hear that we have people that are actually on social media wishing the president died from, from this. Now, I don't care if you agree with the politics of President Trump or, or you disagree. Uh, he's the president of the, this country, regardless. And... Uh, it is uh, an act of uh, treason, in my opinion, to wish death upon our sitting president. It uh, doesn't surprise me, though, does it you, with all the division that we see going on in our country? Uh, the debates didn't help none. I think everybody would agree with that, if you want to call that a debate. Uh, and, and maybe on the other side of this, things will be different. And that's what we can hope for to pray as well. And I don't want you to, to misunderstand me. As an American, you have the right to express what you want to. You have a right to say what you want to say, believe what you want to believe, whether it be good or bad, whether everyone agrees with you, or whether everyone disagrees with you. We have that right as Christians as well. But this morning I want to start our sermon off in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12. And we're going to be the bulk uh, in Corinthians, 1 and 2 Corinthians. And then the bulk of our sermon is going to be the writings of Paul this morning. I thought it was timely about Tony's uh, comments at communion, uh, certainly. And uh, our opening scripture all ties in together. And it just gives me confidence that this is the message that that we should be bringing today. So uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12 says this, All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. Or maybe some of your versions say beneficial. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. 
yes, as Americans, we can do and say anything we want to. That's what the First Amendment. As Christians, Paul even says that, yep, you have that freedom. But just because you have the freedom to do something doesn't mean that that something is good, that it has benefit. And, and that's what I want to talk about this morning, is that as Christians, whether, and I want to take being in church out of it, okay? This message is not about what we do inside the confines of these walls. This is much more about what goes on outside the walls of this church. And uh, as we are, and we have to realize that we are ambassadors for Christ. We are ambassadors for Christ, and that's what we're going to look at this morning. And, and what the responsibility that we carry as such. The dictionary defines the, the word ambassador as this, an authorized representative or messenger, or an unauthorized representative, you know, someone that may be traveling abroad as an ambassador of goodwill. So that's what an ambassador is, is a representative, whether authorized or unauthorized. Now, let me put it to you this way. If you are a Christian, if you have heard and believed and accepted Christ and repented of your sins, been baptized and received the gift of the Holy Spirit and forgiveness of sins, you are an authorized ambassador. Okay? That's just a plain and simple fact. And in fact, Paul's going to back me up here on what, what I'm saying. In fact, I just want to, because here's what we've got to realize. In, in the face of, of the past six and a half months or so that we've been locked down as a nation, in the face of the, the coronavirus effects on the world, the politics, especially on our country, the growing hate and disruption and, and dissent that we see, the world needs ambassadors for Christ now more than ever. And it's important that we do that so that we can be that stopgap. Well, and so we can see what Paul says here. Turn with me over to 2 Corinthians now, chapter 5, specifically, verses 17 through 21 is where we'll start off at. And we'll see that we are, as ambassadors, we're representatives of our leader. And who is our leader? Our leader, of course, is Jesus. And if we're a representative of Jesus, what characteristics did Jesus have? You know, he taught, and he served, he had compassion, he spoke truth and love. Those are the same things that we as ambassadors of Christ must do as well. Paul says this, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now when we, now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And that's what Paul's reminding each and every one of us. We're ambassadors for Christ. Just as we have ambassadors to foreign countries all over this world, uh, representatives of the United States and its citizens, 
We are representatives of Jesus Christ, just as Paul talks about. We'll read some more. And, and why we hold that title is because of the sacrifice that Christ made for each and every one of us. And that hope and that reconciliation. And that's what we need as a nation more than anything is reconciliation of differences. And we are ministers of reconciliation. Now, how can I be a minister of reconciliation? Well, as I said earlier, if you're an authorized ambassador for Christ, you know that you were reconciled to God from your sin because of Jesus. And that's where we can see that we have that experience and we can share that with other people. If you look on over in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 20, Paul tells them, he says this, he says, for which I am an ambassador in bonds that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Well, we know that Paul was a prisoner and he didn't have anything to lose. Well, and it's kind of, we're kind of in bonds too, aren't we? I mean, we think about, we, we're wearing masks and we're social distancing and, and we're, we're, we're operating differently than we normally have operated. We're kind of constrained in what we do that, just like Paul says, I'm going to speak all the more bold. I've got nothing to lose. Uh, I'm a prisoner already, so I'm going to speak like I should. And shouldn't we have that same kind of spirit? I mean, nobody likes the restrictions. Nobody that I know likes the restrictions that, that we're under. If they are, maybe they're crazy. <laughs> but that doesn't mean we have to be miserable in them. I'm sure Paul didn't like being in change. I'm sure he would have rather done, rather done something else. He'd rather been out going around establishing other churches. But that didn't stop him from doing his job. He wasn't miserable in it. He was content in the state which he found himself, if we recall. But more importantly, he just went from where he was and he did what he was supposed to do as an ambassador of Christ. It's a good idea for us, too. No, we don't like our circumstances. We don't like what's going on. We don't like any of the restrictions we have, but that doesn't mean that should stop us from being an ambassador. Instead of an ambassador of the grumbling and the moaning and the groaning, which a lot of people are, let's be ambassadors for Christ. Use that opportunity, because everybody has an opportunity now, because we've got something in common, one way or the other, and use that as an opportunity to open up a door to talk about Jesus. And let that compel us to do that. Paul and the other disciples did what did that wherever they were, whatever they did. And that kind of leads us to our next point. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. As ambassadors, we're foreigners in the country which we live in. So that means Christians are foreigners in the United States. Christians are foreigners in whatever country they live in because that's not their home. That's not our home. Let's look at what Paul says. He says, Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the household of God. Now he's talking there about Gentiles. He's talking about us who was once outside the covenant saying you're no longer that a stranger or foreigner, but fellowship citizens with the saints in the household of God. And we have to understand and consider ourselves and get ourselves in that mindset that that's, this, is not, this world is not our home. 
We have a hope for something better. We have a hope for something better. And we have to understand that people that do not have a relationship with Christ are not going to have an understanding of the way of Christians. Just like if you, for example, if you went to a foreign country on vacation, let's say someplace really different from here, uh, Middle East, for whatever reason, you went to Saudi Arabia for vacation. Their customs are very, very different from what we are, that we have in the United States. And it might not be a bad idea to, to uh, go to the, uh, the ambassador, the consulate there, to find out what customs that you need to be ready for and, and to do so that you can uh, operate for the time that you're there. And they have a list of things that they'll tell you, you know, how to dress, what to do, what not to do sort of thing. Well, isn't that our same job as Christians for people that don't know what it means? And that's what Paul's talking about here. You're a stranger. You're a foreigner until you understand what country you're becoming a citizen of. Until you understand about what Christ has done. So we're residents of the earth. But our citizenship is someplace else. Hebrews eleven sixteen says it very plainly. But now they desire a better country that is a heavenly. Wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. Talking about heaven. That's, that's our citizenship. That's our citizenship a better country, a heavenly. Christians live in the world, but we're not citizens of the world. And we must, we must not assume the traits, the habits of this world's desires. And it's easy to get wrapped up. I know we're passionate about this election. I know we're passionate about what's going on in our world with the restrictions. I know we have deep passion as Americans about our freedoms and our lack of restrictions that we're supposed to have. But let us not ever lose our Christian bearing. And remember that we are citizens. We have the hope of a heavenly, a different place than where we are today. <clears throat> Think about how briefly we live here. For a lot of us, it seems like, man, that time goes by fast, and it does go by fast. If you're a little fella and you think, you know, 50-year-old is ancient, I've since come to find out that's not too terribly old. But then you realize you look at people and you, you look them back at 75-year-old at and 80-year-old people talking about things that happened years ago just like it was yesterday, and you realize that we as humans really don't have a concept of how short of a time that we are here and how long eternity truly is. Because all that we have to measure ourselves by here is a 75, 80, sometimes 90, and every great once in a while, a 100-year lifespan. And that's it. And we, we don't really have anything beyond that to measure eternity. So we measure by what we have. But when we think about eternity, when we think about how little time we spend here on earth and how much time we're going to spend either in heaven or in hell, then it really brings about the importance of sharing that and letting people know that, hey, we have the hope of a heavenly, a different place, an eternal home with the Lord. 
and talking about temporary. Look in 2 Corinthians 4, 8. Talk about the temporary resident. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. I'm sorry, I said 8, but I meant 18. Listen to what Paul writes here. He says, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Now, we think about this. We look, that's what the world looks at. All, in the, all that matters to people outside of a relationship with Christ is what's here and now. It's all you can see. It's all you can know. It's what you, you can feel, taste, touch, that sort of thing. The senses can, can uh, engage. But Paul reminds us that what we're seeing is temporary. And we need to keep that perspective in our mind. And that's, I guess, the hardest thing to make people realize, that there is something beyond. Because it's just not taught about heaven and hell. It's just not taught that you have consequences for your actions. And if, I tell you, if, if there was no heaven and there was no hell, we would everyone be fighting for the here and now because that's all we would have. You would want it to go your way because that's all you would have for 75, 80, 90, maybe 100 years. And then after that, nothing. But that's not the case. While we look not at the things which are seen, the here and the now, but at the things which are not seen, that heavenly, that eternal, Hebrews. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And that's what we have to, the mindset. And that's what we have to try to help people to understand, that this is not all there is. This is really only the beginning, a very brief beginning of eternity. Because what we have here is temporary in the most extreme. 1 John chapter 2, John writes this, verse 25, And this is the promise that he hath promised us even eternal life. The promises that we received from these apostles, these men that walked with and, and were taught by Christ, eternal life. People, we just do not have that concept. And it's easy for us, and that's, and that's what I want us to be warned of here, is that uh, just not to get caught up in what the world's offering. We have something better, we're temporary here. We've got to keep the, the, the main thing, the main thing. Keep our perspective. Keep the promises in mind. While we're back here, let's go on to our next point and look at 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 24, 25, and 26. Paul gives uh, Timothy an excellent reminder that uh, is applicable to us today about that we have to keep our mind on the one that we serve. Who is it that we serve? 2 Timothy 2, 24, 25, and 26. And the servant of the Lord must not strive or quarrel, some of you may have, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, in meekness instructing those that oppose themselves, if God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledgement of the truth, 
and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. I see so many examples of people that fit that description that Paul's telling Timothy about today. I mean, listen to that as, as let me read that again. You think about it. Uh, the servant of the Lord must not strive or quarrel. Now that's a direct thing to us. We shouldn't be fighters and brawlers and people that quarrel and fuss and fight and carry on. But, he says, gentle unto all men, able to teach, some of your translations may say, patience and meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves, if God peradventure will give them the repentance to the acknowledgement of the truth that they may recover themselves or come to their senses. <laughs> some of your, I like that one a little better that these people will come to their senses. And that's what, we, that's what we need. We talk about common sense, common sense. We need people to come to their senses as Americans, as citizens, but more so in the face of eternal judgment and damnation and separation from the Lord. People need to come to their senses. So we have to remember as Christians who it is we're serving and why we're serving. And that's what he reminds Timothy here. We have a reason for doing what we do, teaching and helping people along so that they'll come to their senses and accept Christ. Just like an ambassador serves a nation uh, from this country, uh, that they understand us to help us, help the countries understand the differences of what we should and shouldn't do. First Peter chapter four, Verses 1 and 2. For as much then as Christ hath suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. For he that hath suffered in the flesh hath ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh, but to the lust of men, but to the will of God. You know, we talked about that new creation, that new creature, and that's what he's saying. When we have accepted Christ, when we have accepted uh, what change Christ gives to us, we no longer should live the rest of our time in the flesh, but the will of God. Do we get it? I'm not saying we can't be Americans. I'm not saying we can't voice our opinion. But when we voice our opinion, let's voice our opinion tempered with the love and forgiveness of God. Okay? And then what we need to do is remember that this is not the, the end, this is only the beginning, and we have a job to do, and we have someone that we represent when we put on the name Christian. Because people are going to judge Christians they're going to judge Christ, I should say, by the actions of Christians. So whenever you start to put a post on social media, whenever you're in a heated debate with somebody at work or around the dinner table, before you speak, think to yourself, am I making a good representation of Christ with what I'm about to say or text or write or whatever post? And let the Holy Spirit guide you to temper, like we've been talking about, with meekness and kindness and patience, 
so that people can recover their senses, come back to their senses in these things. And let's try to do like uh, Paul writes in Romans chapter 10 as we finish this morning. Uh, Romans chapter 10, verse 14. Try to help people come to their senses. How then shall they call on him whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him of whom they've not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? Hold on, Rob. You're the preacher, not us. Wrong. We're all preachers. Every Christian is an ambassador, and by that, that means you're a preacher. Oh, you may not get up here on Sunday mornings and preach a sermon, but we're people that can deliver the message, the good news of Jesus Christ, which makes us a preacher of the gospel, someone that can deliver that good news in one way or another. Acts chapter 31 gives us a good, Acts 31, Acts chapter 8 gives us an excellent example. It starts at 26 and goes over through uh, 40. I won't read that. I will just read verse 31, and I'll, that'll be your reading assignment for today. I want you to read about Philip and the eunuch, starting in Acts chapter 8, verse 26. And listen to this exchange in verse 31. And, and understand, let me set this for you. Philip has been transported miracle by miracle by the Lord, had brought him into this place. He's running alongside of a chariot, okay? And inside this chariot is a Ethiopian eunuch who's reading the Bible, or the Old Testament, actually. And Philip comes up to him and says, hey, do you understand what you're reading? Verse 31. Hey, uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> and he said, how can I accept some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. And go on, and when you get a chance today, I want you to read that and, and, and listen to what happens with that story. We have to be willing to do the same thing that Philip done with this eunuch. Wherever you meet somebody, wherever they are and wherever you are, tell them what you know about Jesus Christ. You know way more than you'll give yourself credit. Or I have failed for the past 15 years. <laughs> anyway, uh, there's not a person in here that I wouldn't have the confidence to know that would be able to share the gospel with somebody. And that's what we have to be willing to do. We have to be willing to be like Philip and tell him about that heavenly country. Um, some of us have had people say, I just don't understand the Bible. I can't understand it. Well, that gives you a perfect opening to, to say, well, let me help. I used to have trouble myself, but here's what I've learned. And go from there. It's our duty to help people find their way to Jesus. It's our job as Christians because that's what he did. He pointed people to the Father. He said, I come to do the will of the one who sent me. And that's what he told the apostles to do. Go and make ye disciples teaching them what I have taught you, and me, me, me paraphrasing, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We, it just continues right on down. We have that same responsibility today. You think about 
the disciples faced something kind of similar to what we are in today. When Jesus was here, they were under Roman occupation. Okay? And they wanted Romans out of Israel. Did you ever notice that not one single apostle was involved in any kind of rebellion against the occupying government? Never occurred to you? What were they busy doing? Spreading the gospel of Christ, the good news. They were busy teaching. They weren't involved in the politics. Did they have passions? I guarantee they didn't want Rome there no more than, than we want masks on. But they realized they had something far bigger to do, far bigger fish to fry than to worry about who was occupying the country at the time. It's no different for us. Not that those, our concerns are not legitimate, not that our passions are not founded, but we have far bigger fish to fry. So let us be tempered as the apostles were. Let us be focused as Jesus encouraged us to be. Let us always remember that we are ambassadors for Christ and carry that responsibility with great graveness and seriousness and remember that we have an important job. If there is to be change, remember, uh, we'll go back to the good old standby as we close. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from the heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. We have a job to do. We have a job to do. Now, if you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior, you're not an ambassador. I'm sorry, that's what the scriptures tell me. You have to have Christ as your Savior. You have to have heard the word and believe it. And once you hear and believe, you're convicted of your sins, you repent of those sins and confess Christ as your Savior. After that confession, you're buried in baptism. The old man, remember we just read that. A new creation in Christ. You're buried in the likeness of Christ's death, raised that new creation, and you walk faithful until Christ returns or we're called away in death. We're going to sing a hymn of invitation, and that opportunity today will be open to you. Now, maybe you realize that, you know what, as an ambassador, I've not been too good at doing too good of a job. I'm going to start doing better. I'm going to start remembering, just like the apostles, they lived in difficult times, but they stay focused on what Jesus' mission sent them out to do. I can do no less. And that's great. That's, what, that's the purpose of this. And I think it's the purpose of this lesson because there's too much stuff supporting my sermon this morning I had nothing to do with, with Tony's comments and the, and the reading of the opening scripture. We have to, if we're going to be effective as our job, we have to stay focused on what our mission is as ambassadors of Christ. We're going to sing this hymn of invitation, number 183, Whiter Than Snow, the first and the fourth verse. If you have a decision to make, I encourage you to come as we stand and sing. Amen.